Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 41 in the book of Revelation. I'm going to title today, God Falls Off His Throne. And really, that's just kidding. You'll see where we're going to go with that. So yesterday we ate this podcast. We eat the word. We consume it. We take it inside of us. But sometimes, uh, as it said yesterday, it's a little bitter. And we'll get to a bitter story today, but it ends with sweetness. We're finishing the second woe, and we're going to learn today about a temple, about a trampling at the outside the temple, about the time that this takes place, two witnesses, and what their testimony is, and then a so-called triumph of, of evil over them, and then the fun part about the story is the turn, and then the, the terror of those people that have uh, attacked the people of God. Now, the commentators say that this is one of the most difficult chapters to interpret, and students of the book have proposed many different explanations for Revelations chapter 11. So just, just pause for one second. So what do you do when the scripture is not perfectly clear? Um, it's fairly unusual because most of the Bible is quite understandable, and we have a God who wishes to be revealed and known. So perhaps the Lord wants us to understand some broad brush applications here. But let me tell you what is not happening here, which is God falls off his throne and doesn't know what to do. That's not what's happening here. Today is going to be a, a time of spiritual identification of his people and embracing them and possessing them and protecting them. It reminds me of uh, Revelation 7.15 is that he's going to shelter them with his presence. Now, that being said, there's going to be some physical suffering. There's even going to be death by martyrdom. And uh, so that's a death because of Jesus, for Jesus, representing Jesus. But it's fixed. How's that? By resurrection. So it's the Lord seeing these people through all the way to the end. All right. So this is a section called the two witnesses. It's in chapter 11, verse 1. Then I was given a measuring rod, this is John talking, like a staff, and I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. So John goes to the temple of God, and it's the it's a place of God, and it's a place of the people of God who now remain. And John is asked to measure the people who worship. So God sort of is taking stack stock of those who are his own, and he kind of measures them, measures the part of his possessions and uh, alternatively, kind of those who are not. So those who are in and those who are out. Those who are in, he's going to identify and preserve and resurrect at the end of this story. So we've been waiting for worshipers because we're in the in the tribulation, either in the middle or the end of the, of the uh, tribulation. Verse 2, but do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave or cast that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. So we get this trampling of the city, trampling of the people of the city, the people of God. Those in divine favor are are known by God, and those outside are kind of doing what they do. They're going to be hostile to God's and his ways. So uh, verse 3, and I will grant authority to my two witnesses. So now we have these, these new characters, and they're going to prophesy for 1260 days uh, clothed in sackcloth. So the time here, so we're hearing about either the middle or probably the end of the Great Tribulation, 1260 days, uh, three and a half years, and this is a known and referred to biblical time period. But the point I think we can gather from it, it's measurable, it's limited, and it's um, 
it's a time when God does not fall off his throne and does not not know what to do. Verse 4, these are the two olive trees. Now he's describing these two witnesses, describing them as olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. So these witnesses are, are, are testifying and giving testimony. Possibly they represent all the saints, possibly they represent the church on the earth, but surely they're the good, the good guys in the picture. Verse 5, a little bit more description of them. If anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague, plague as often as they desire. So here's the testimony. They're serving as those, uh, these kings and priests and, and prophets before the Lord. And what are they doing? They're witnessing. They're witnessing in sackcloth physically. So that's kind of a, like a word picture of the this prophetic judgment that's coming. They have a message of death and famine and drought and judgment. And uh, and in this time, they're, they're protected. So the thought is, and this is for all of us, I'm immortal until the Lord calls me home and I'm untouchable until God calls me home. Well, that's what happens here. Verse 7, and when they finish their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottom, bottomless pit, remember the scorpion uh, locust things were the ones that came out of the bottomless pit, will make war on them and conquer and kill them, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, symbolically called Sodom and Egypt, where the Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from the peoples and tribes and language and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in the tomb. And those who dwell on the earth, the bad guys, will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. So this triumph, so the beast from the bottomless pit martyrs these these people. And uh, we see this rebellion against God, this depravity, this persecution of the people of God. So the, the people of God are being persecuted, but really it's a it's a rebellion against God himself. There's, uh, there's no daylight between the persons uh, who a person's love for God and a person's love for the people of God. And it's no surprise here that the people of God uh, and his prophets receive some of the hatred that is ultimately directed at God himself. But my favorite part of this is that they, it's Christmas Day. They give each other's presents. They celebrate. All right, so verse 11. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered these dead prophets, and they stood up on their feet, and great fear fell upon those who saw them. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies watched them. So there's here's the turn of the story. This is a short-lived uh, triumph. The people are vindicated by resurrection. So the time when the Antichrist is making war against the saints, this is a limited period of time. And God is saying, I got this. Yes, it's horrible. It's strange. It's otherworldly. You know, there's a creature, there's a beast from the bottomless pit. But the Lord has his eye on his own. And if something's bad that's happening to you right now, remember, death is conquered again by resurrection. So the greatest three words, this loud heavenly a statement of the Lord saying, come up here. And what God is not saying is God is not falling off his throne and doesn't not know what to do. God has got even this in control. Thanks for listening.